The source of the speeches I use here on the Choice Voice podcast comes from a list of the top 100 American speeches of the 20th century. This list is compiled by researchers at the University of Wisconsin-Madison and Texas A&M University, among other places. It reflects the opinions of 137 leading scholars of American public address. My choice of speeches should not be construed to reflect or promote any point of view. They are simply considered great speeches. This is part one of The Ballot or the Bullet by Malcolm X in April 1964. This afternoon, we want to talk about The Ballot or the Bullet. The Ballot or the Bullet explains itself, but before we get into it, since this is the year of the Ballot or the Bullet, I would like to clarify some things that refer to me personally concerning my own personal position. I'm still a Muslim. That is my religion. It's still Islam. My religion is still Islam. I still credit Mr. Muhammad for what I know and what I am. He's the one who opened my eyes. At present, I'm the minister of the newly founded Muslim Mosque Incorporated, which has its offices in the Teresa Hotel right in the heart of Harlem. That's the black belt of New York City. When we realize that Adam Clayton Powell is a Christian minister, he heads Abyssinian Baptist Church, but at the same time, he's more famous for his political struggle. And Dr. King is a Christian minister from Atlanta, Georgia, or in Atlanta, Georgia, but he's become more famous for being involved in the civil rights struggle. There's another in New York, Reverend Galamison. I don't know if you've heard of him out here. He's a Christian minister from Brooklyn, but has become famous for his fight against a segregated school system in Brooklyn. Reverend Cleodge right here. He's a Christian minister here in Detroit. He's the head of the Freedom Now Party. All of these are Christian ministers. All of these are Christian ministers, but they don't come to us as Christian ministers. They come to us as fighters in some other category. I'm a Muslim minister, the same as they are Christian ministers. I'm a Muslim minister, and I don't believe in fighting today in any one front, but on all fronts. In fact, I'm a black nationalist freedom fighter. Islam is my religion, but I believe my religion is my personal business. It governs my personal life and my personal morals. My religious philosophy is personal between me and the God in whom I believe. Just as the religious philosophy of these others is between them and the God in whom they believe. And this is best this way. Were we to come out here discussing religion, we'd have too many differences from the outstart, and we could never get together. So today, though Islam is my religious philosophy, my political, economic, and social philosophy is black nationalism. As I say, if we bring up religion, We'll have differences, we'll have arguments, and we'll never be able to get together. But if we keep our religion at home, keep our religion in the closet, keep our religion between ourselves and our God, but when we come out here, we have a fight that's common to all of us against the enemy who is common to all of us. The political philosophy of black nationalism only means that the black man should control the politics and the politicians in his own community. The time when white people can come in our community and get us to vote for them so that they can be our political leaders and tell us what to do and what not to do is long gone. By the same token, that time when the same white man, knowing that your eyes are too far open, can send another Negro into the community and get you and me to support him so he can use him to lead us astray, those days are long gone too. The political philosophy of black nationalism only means that if you and I are going to live in a black community, and that's where we're going to live because as soon as you move into one of their soon as you move out of the black community into their community it's mixed for a period of time but they're gone and you're right there all by yourself again we must understand the politics of our community and we must know what politics is supposed to produce we must know what politics play in our lives and until we become politically mature we will always be misled led astray or deceived or maneuvered into supporting someone politically who doesn't have the good of our community at heart 
So the political philosophy of black nationalism only means that we will have to carry on a political program of re-education to open our people's eyes, make us become more politically conscious, politically mature, and then we will, whenever we get ready to cast our ballot, that ballot will be cast for a man of the community who has the good of the community at heart. The economic philosophy of black nationalism only means that we should own and operate and control the economy of our community. We'll finish reading after this quick break. Now, back to where we left off. You can't open up a black store in a white community. White men won't even patronize you, and he's not wrong. He's got sense enough to look out for himself. It's you who don't have sense enough to look out for yourself. The white man is too intelligent to let someone else come and gain control of the economy of his community. But you will let anybody come in and control the economy of your community. Control the housing, control the education, control the jobs, control the businesses, under the pretext that you want to integrate. No, you out of your mind. The economic philosophy of black nationalism only means that we have to become involved in a program of re-education. To educate our people into the importance of knowing that when you spend your dollar out of the community in which you live, the community in which you spend your money becomes richer and richer. The community out of which you take your money becomes poorer and poorer. And because these Negroes who have been misled and misguided are breaking their necks to take their money and spend it with the man, the man is becoming richer and richer and you are becoming poorer and poorer. And then what happens? The community in which you live becomes a slum. It becomes a ghetto. The conditions become run down. And then you have the audacity to complain about poor housing and a run down community while you run it down yourself when you take your dollar out. You and I are in a double trap because not only do we lose by taking our money someplace else and spending it, when we try to spend it in our own community, we're trapped because we haven't had sense enough to have set up stores and control the businesses of our community. The man who's controlling the stores in our community is a man who doesn't even look like we do. He's a man who doesn't even live in the community. So you and I, even when we try to spend our money in the block where we live, or in the area in which we live, we're spending it with a man who, when the sun goes down, takes that basket full of money to another part of town. So we're trapped. Trapped. Double trapped. Triple trapped. Anywhere we go, we find that we're trapped. And every kind of solution that someone comes up with is just another trap. But the political and economic philosophy of black nationalism, the economic philosophy of black nationalism shows our people the importance of setting up these little stores and developing them and expanding them into larger operations. Woolworths didn't start out big like they are today. They started out with a dime store and they expanded and expanded and expanded until today they are all over the country and all over the world and they're getting some of everybody's money. Now, this is what you and I General Motors, the same way. It didn't start out like it is. It started out just a, like a little rat race type operation. And it expanded and it expanded until today it's where it is right now. And you and I have to make a start. And the best place to start is right in the community where we live. So our people not only have to be re-educated to the importance of supporting black business, but the black man himself has to be made aware of the importance of going into business. And once you and I go into business, we own and operate at least the businesses in our community. What we will be doing is developing a situation wherein we will actually be able to create employment for the people in the community. And once you can create some employment in the community where you live, it will eliminate the necessity of you and me having to act ignorantly and disgracefully, boycotting and picketing some cracker someplace else trying to beg him for a job. Anytime you have to rely upon your enemy for a job, you're in bad shape. And he is your enemy. You wouldn't be in this country if some enemy hadn't kidnapped you and brought you here. On the other hand, some of you think you came here on the Mayflower. 
So, as you can see, brothers and sisters, today, this afternoon, it is not our intention to discuss religion. We're going to forget religion. If we bring up religion, we'll be in an argument. And the best way to keep away from arguments and differences, as I said earlier, put your religion at home, in the closet. Keep it between you and your God. Because if it hasn't done anything more for you than it has, you need to forget it anyway. Whether you are a Christian or a Muslim or a nationalist, we all have the same problem. They don't hang you because you're a Baptist. They hang you because you're black. They don't attack me because I'm Muslim. They attack me because I'm black. They attack all of us for the same reason. All of us catch hell from the same enemy. We're all in the same bag, in the same boat. And so ends part one. For this Choice Voice podcast, the Techno King is John C. Brandy. The Seagull Example, Sholas Lako, Fact Checker, Abraham Lincoln, French Consultant, Virginia Mitchell, Media Expert, Favor, Abbasi Ike, Psychologist, Sigmund Freud, Rabbit Hole Advisor, Dr. Mark Parrott, Sound Designer, Guglielmo Marconi, Spanish Consultant, Cameron J.K. Brandy, Videographer, Alfred Hitchcock, Audio Props go to Les Paul, and Inspiration goes to Napoleon Hill, Earl Nightingale, and Bob Proctor. Also, we have a website, and you can subscribe to this podcast. You can even send us a video, audio, or text message, but of course, you'll have to head to the show notes either on your phone or on the web, to actually get links and stuff. Finally, you can find us on Podmatch, where we consider guests for this pod, as well as consider guesting on other people's pods. And really, finally, the music for A Choice Voice comes from the song Piano Background by Nick Simon Adams on freesound.org.